Good morning. Good morning. Have you ever been heels over head in love with someone? Now I know you might be thinking that's not how the saying goes. It's not, but in the 1300s, heels over head was the original expression and it literally meant to be upside down and of course it's been changed and now people say head over heels in love, right? Just meaning I'm completely, I'm totally in love, maybe a little bit infatuated with someone. And now as an example, I'll give you the time, the second time rather, I met Michaela, if you could go to the next slide. Uh, the second time I met Michaela, I say second time because we first met, we first met in 2012 at church camp, then we were not interested in each other. Uh, I don't know why she wasn't interested in me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> But in 2015 is when we began to get interested, and then on the, uh, the left there, that's 2016, when we went to, you know, they had a little date night kind of thing. It was called Fancy Night, but people just assumed it was a date night kind of thing. And so we went to date night at church camp, and there I am with suspenders and this exact tie. Yeah. And then on the right, is that the right? I can't tell from here. Which side? Is, is that the right? Okay, the other side with the hat that is 2017, and in that picture, which you can't see it, but I am wearing the white shoes. Uh, so I don't know, uh, you know, people on the, on the online are going to be so confused. I don't know if you can see that. But anyway, uh, you know, I, was, I would say I was probably head over heels, heels over head or whatever, uh, in love with her, maybe a little bit infatuated. Um, not saying that hasn't gone away, not saying I don't love her. I think I absolutely love her more fully. Uh, but, you know, when, when you do love somebody like that, you do some crazy things sometimes, such as dressing up, and I specifically bought these white shoes to wear for that date night, that fancy night kind of thing. So that explains the white shoes. I have maybe, this might be the third time I've worn them, so only special occasions. So you're welcome, right? You're welcome. But yeah, I don't know if you've been head over heels, heels over head, in love with somebody. In our text, you could say somebody is heels over head in a way. Now, not in a romantic way, but Mary, in our text, she displays tremendous affection towards Jesus. So much gratitude, so much thankfulness. She just lavishes so much love upon him. And I think it's because she realizes at least Jesus is worth. Now, that's not to say that her affection uh, towards Jesus comes close to his worth, but she realizes, man, th this guy is worth so much of my love. And the question I have for you, does our affection uh, match Jesus' worth? Uh, does it come close to Jesus' worth? Quite frankly, I don't think it ever can. Uh, but does our affection come close? Would we, would we be concerned about showing affection to Christ? Do we realize Jesus' worth? So John chapter 12. John chapter 12, starting with verse 1. It says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Of course, last week we had Lazarus. Uh, we were ending, rather, the chapter in chapter 11 where Lazarus was raised from the dead. And we read in that chapter, verses 53 and 54, so from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. That is the, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees. Verse 54, Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with his disciples. Now, it's not exactly clear how much time has passed between chapter 11 and chapter 12. Could be a few weeks, could be a few months. 
But in chapter 12, it is, of course, the Passover. We're about to be the Passover, Jesus' final week on earth. I put final in quotes because, of course, Jesus, according to Acts, appeared to people 40 days after his glorified resurrection. But this is his final week on earth before he was to die. And if you're going to notice, as we go through the Gospel of John, 10 out of the 21 chapters cover the time, the week before his death, his death, and then after his resurrection. Right, so it's pretty evident. We have half of John, almost half of John, covering this time, this short time, where you got like two, maybe two and three quarters of a year uh, at the first half of John, and the second half of John just covers, I don't know, maybe a month, maybe a month and a half, right? So clearly John thinks this time is most central. Clearly John thinks this time is most important to understanding who Christ is and what he has done. And of course, it's six days before the Passover, right? We have in mind the Passover in Exodus, blood on the doorpost, angel of death passing over the houses that had the blood on the doorpost. And of course, Jesus being that Passover lamb, that is all in mind. But we continue on verse 2, chapter 12. So they gave a dinner there for him. Martha served, that's no surprise, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. No surprise, right? Of course they're going give to give a dinner for Jesus. They just saw him, they just witnessed him raise their brother, their brother from the dead. Right? Their brother was in a tomb for four days. Their brother was rotting in a tomb for four days, and Jesus just said, yep, come out, and he came out. Of course they're going to have a dinner. Would you, would you not have dinner for Jesus if he raised your brother, your sister, your mom, or dad from the dead? It makes sense that they would do this. Imagine the significance. Lazarus, he was lying in a tomb. Now he's reclining at table, eating a meal, having fellowship with them. You could imagine the emotion in this time. Right, verse 3, continue on. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment, made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, a Roman pound was about 11 and a half ounces, not our pound. But this is expensive. This is top dollar stuff. So Mary, she's pouring out this expensive stuff, but not just pouring it out on his feet. She's wiping his feet with her hair. Or she, she, she loves Jesus so much that she's willing to use her hair as a rag on Jesus' dirty, dusty feet that has been going back and forth from Galilee to Judea for years. She demonstrates really that the lowliest part of Jesus, Jesus' feet, is greater than the most glorious part of her You get the sense in their culture that for, for, for a woman, their, their, their hair was their glory. You can even see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15. In their culture, that was, that was the, the glory of a woman, her hair. And she's basically saying, man, Jesus, your feet, your feet are greater than my head. She greatly shows her love. And not only was her love greatly shown, it, it's greatly known. The whole house was filled with the aroma of the perfume as she pours it out upon Jesus' feet. Or do we love Jesus like this? Does our affection, or do we try to get our affection to match his worth? 
Do we realize how much Jesus is worth? Or are, are, are we just completely not concerned about what people think around us? That we're willing to pour so much out for Jesus, to show so much affection for Jesus? Do people know that we love him? Or are we like somebody else in this passage? Verses 4 and 5. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Now at first, uh, some might think, Hey, maybe Judas got a point. We got some expensive perfume, some expensive ointment here. We could sell and give it to the poor. That's a noble thing, right? Selling something expensive so we can take that money and give it to the poor. Maybe sell our car, take that money, give it to the poor. Maybe sell our house, take that money, give it to the poor. That's, that's, that seems like a noble thing to do. Of course, we're going to see in verse 6 that that's just the self-righteous front. Judas is not actually concerned about the poor. But assuming Judas is right, 300 denarii. 300 denarii for this bottle of perfume which 300 denarius was a one day's worth of wage in their time, so 300 days worth of wage. In modern terms, that's about $60,000. 300 days worth of wage. In the 90s, you could buy a house for $60,000. Today, that's more like a down payment, right? But you can't this is this is a lot of money. $60,000. Maybe, maybe it was inherited. Maybe, maybe they saved up and bought this perfume for, I don't know, special occasions. Who knows? But that's a lot of money that's expensive. And do we love Jesus like this? Right? Is, he, is he worth everything that we got? Is he worth our house? Is he worth our cars? Is he worth our clothes? Is he worth our time? Is he worth our affection? Is he worth our life? I don't want you to misunderstand this passage as we're reading this. I don't think this is a tit-for-tat kind of thing. I don't think Mary's trying to repay Jesus for raising her brother. I don't think she can. I don't think this is Mary trying to earn something from Jesus. I don't think she expects some sort of blessing now that she's pouring out this perfume for him. At $60,000, $60,000 is not close, not close to the worth of Jesus as she is symbolically showing, man, Jesus, your feet, your feet are greater than my head. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the most we could give Jesus, the most we could give him is not close to his worth. In our text, we see that Judas, unlike Mary, he doesn't really love Jesus. Judas doesn't really see Jesus' worth. He doesn't love Jesus. He doesn't really love the poor. He's concerned about himself. Verse 6. He said this. John, John comment, has some commentary here. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. It was all about himself. But he acted like he was so concerned with the poor. Really, it was just all, all a facade so he could line his pockets. Right? He's thinking, man, man, if I, just, if I just had my hands on that perfume, the money I could, I mean, the money I could give to the poor. Right? That's the idea here. 
And man, this is not this is not like a main point of the sermon, but watch yourself lest you covet in the guise of charity. Right? I've done that. Thinking, man, look look at all that money that person's got. Look at all that they spend that money on. Man, if I if I just had that money, what what could I do with it? Covetousness in the guise of charity is a very deceitful thing. Verses 7 and 8. Jesus said, Leave her alone. Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. Right, three things Jesus says here. Leave her alone. Why? One, let her do this. Right? Let her do this. Let her lavish this love upon me. Let her keep it for the day of my burial. Now that could mean a few things that I've seen in commentaries. One, it might be that she's keeping some of the perfume to anoint Jesus at his burial. Maybe that's what's going on here. Or maybe Jesus is saying, leave her alone, Judas. Let her keep this kind of love. Right? Leave her alone, Judas. Let her lavish this love upon me even when I am dead. Maybe he's trying to prevent Judas from discouraging her kind of affection and her kind of love for him. And man, so many times I see this happen in church. Man, that person, that person they're, they're kind of acting crazy. And so, uh, bottled up, uh, they're, they're just pouring out so much emotion. That's kind of weird. So sometimes when I get up here and preach, I know that I can be very, very expressive and, and emotional. Right? And, and sometimes within church, we, we get in this mindset of, you know, we got to just keep to myself. Uh, Stay under control. And then when we see somebody else just being so affectionate towards God, we're like, ugh. That seems a little far. Don't discourage that. Leave her alone, Judas. Let her lavish this affection, this love upon me. Because Judas, in the end, he's going to turn his back on Jesus. He's not going to be there when Jesus is in the tomb. But Mary, Mary's going to be there. Mary, who, who knows Jesus just said, hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. She's going to look at him while he's in the tomb and said, that's him. That's the Christ. That's the Lord that I love. Even though he's dead right now, I love him. Leave her alone, Judas, because the poor you always have with you. If you're so concerned about the poor... You, you always got them with you. You can always help them out. Don't act like this is your only chance to help them. You're not really concerned about them. You're concerned about yourself. You always got the poor. You don't really love me. You don't really love the poor. You love money. You cannot serve two masters. And if you notice this in verse 6, it's interesting how this words it. I noticed it just this past week. Uh, it says he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to. He used to help himself to what was put into it. You got to keep in mind, John. He's not writing as these events are happening. John is writing after the fact, reflecting on all that occurred with Christ. You know what happened with Judas? He used to. He used to take advantage of the money. He used to love money, and that led him to death. 
it used to. Leave her alone, Judas, because you don't always have me with you. Judas doesn't realize the worth of Christ. He doesn't realize how important this moment in history, the singular most important person in history, Judas sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, which, depending on the silver, might have been 90 to 3,000 bucks. Right? Judas sells him for so little, and Mary just pours out so much upon him. And as we, as this painting that I found online, just looking at that, right, imagining this scene of Mary pouring out this ointment, taking her hair, wiping his feet. Or why not a towel? Could she not have gotten like a nice clean towel to wipe his feet? She doesn't have, she doesn't have reservations, right? It's okay, Jesus. I'll love you as much. I'll give you a towel, Jesus. I'll make sure that my head stays clean, that I stay clean. And I'll clean your feet, Jesus, but with a towel. I don't want to put myself in that kind of compromising position. Mary says, hey, your feet greater than my head greater than my hair. So I ask you, do you you love Jesus' heels overhead? (laughs) Literally? Because the thing is, our our affection cannot match his worth. We know that. The most we could give, it doesn't come close to Jesus' worth. But are we at least willing to recognize that and still offer what we can give to him? Offer the affection that we can give to him. Offer our life to him. Mary offers so much, but I think she knows that it's not his worth. What we offer is but a penny. So thanks be to God that he gave himself. You can come as we stand and sing.